There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. So today we are talking about Still, uh, the Michael J. Fox documentary on Apple TV. Um, so if you don't know who Michael J. Fox is, <laughs> if you are a very, very young person, he is, um, he is an actor and, uh, you know, he's very much a big, big, big part of our childhood, mm-hmm. um, actor most best known for, uh, playing Alex P. Keaton on Family Ties, um, and, uh, for Back to the Future and, um, you know, many, many other movies from the 80s 90s and uh spin city he if i one of my favorite shows is good wife if you watch that show he he had a recurring character on that show he was brilliant and um he has had parkinson's disease for i think close to 30 plus years now yeah he was diagnosed at 29 and he's now 62. 62 And um, this is documentary is basically kind of almost catching us up on his life, where he is today. I think a lot of people, um, because he's not out in public too much anymore, I think um, people just don't see him as much. He obviously acts here and there, but not as much as he used to. And um, I think he makes some public appearances, but not anywhere near what he used to. And I think... There were some scenes where it was just watching him walk was surprising. He's he's struggling. I think he's physically struggling. It's more now. It's hard for him to just walk down the street without falling. Yes. Yes. And so um, we were trying to figure out like why why this documentary? Why now? But I think um, I think a lot of it was very much just to show people like this is this is me now. This is who I am. Well, and and also, let's be real. He probably doesn't have much longer that he would be able to do this. Yes. You know, because at a certain point, he's not going to be able to 
to talk very well, if at all. Um, and also to probably to highlight, um, I didn't realize this, uh, this, I kind of forgot about this and he, his raised over $2 billion for Parkinson's research mm-hmm. and it has a foundation and he worked with Muhammad Ali when he was still alive, who also had Parkinson's. And so I think maybe part of it is to bring awareness. Mm-hmm. Part of it is to just for him to tell his story while he still can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, the, the documentary, it's, it's very interesting because Michael J. Fox has, you know, obviously he's written a book. And so there's sort of the part of it is the audio book of Michael J. Fox's story of his life. Mm-hmm. So we're getting some of that narr- narration. We're also getting tons of clips of all the movies that Michael J. Fox has been in over the years. We're also getting clips of him today and interviews with him and seeing him with his family. And then we're also getting scenes of his life today. And then we're getting you know, what a lot of documentaries do, which is scenes acted out of, you know, uh, Michael J. Fox lookalikes from the back of the well, yeah, head. That's what I, I couldn't understand because, okay, throughout the film, they use scenes of what looks like Michael J. Fox in mm-hmm. order to, to, uh, tell stories from his past. Yes. And at first I thought, like you said, I thought it was an actor who looked just like him. But then the more I started looking at it, I'm like, no, that's him. I think what they did, and it's very well done from a filmmaking perspective. I Mm -hmm. think what they did was they actually did take clips of him from movies or television shows that, and then pieced them together to tell a story. And maybe some of them, they were an actor. Yeah, I think, some that, of I think it was him. a hodgepodge. Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes when they had the right clip and it right. worked, I think they used him. And then I think sometimes when they didn't have the right clip, I think they would use the back of a head and yeah. someone who looked like him. Yeah. So it was interesting. And then, uh, yeah, and then they could, because he obviously had uh, narrated his own um, audiobook, they could use, they use clips, clips from that, from that yeah. so that he could narrate it. And then because you could tell when he was narrating things present day because his voice is mm-hmm. obviously changed. Yeah. Well, um, and also I enjoyed learning about his childhood. Um, yeah. Because those things I, I didn't, really didn't, I didn't know about. Know. And he, he says in one of the opening scenes, he says he was never still as a mm-hmm. kid. And that's the through line of the entire documentary yeah um but yeah he grew up in canada and um he was a real short little kid yes yes (laughs) always looked like three four years younger than yeah everybody else but he discovered drama because that's where the girls were he said and he was so little (laughs) i guess he he had a sister with that who was three years younger and that by the time he was six and she was three they were the same size they thought they were twins yeah and they show a bunch of pictures of him growing up and it really was there was one guy on the hockey team that had like a mustache (laughs) like 16 with hair and a mustache and then right next to him is michael j fox and he He looks looks like a little boy 
But because of his size, he, you know, um, because of his size, that actually worked to his advantage and helped him tremendously because when he was 16, an acting teacher said, hey, they're looking for someone for this Canadian television show Mm -hmm. who could play 12. Yeah. And this to look young, especially in TV and and movies is great because they always want people who are over the age of 18 Mm -hmm. to play teenagers Mm -hmm. so that they can work them to death. and not you know not worry about child labor laws yeah no no child labor laws and so apparently he and i didn't know this either i didn't know he had started i knew he was from canada but i didn't know he started doing tv in Mm -hmm. canada so he started he did this show and we see some clips of this show um and he said it was it seemed like he got it right away like it was real easy and it sounds like he got the show and then he drops out of high school Mm -hmm. and his dad who he described as kind of a rough guy Mm -hmm. who, you know, really didn't understand any of this drama stuff that he wanted to do. Um, you know, put the put this on his credit card and believed in him enough to like drive him down. Amazing. Yeah. Drive him drove him drove him down to Hollywood. Yeah. And got him set up in an apartment and and you know it's you know, and then went back to Canada. But yeah, I mean I, I think most fathers would have said are you crazy like yeah. no I'm not. you're gonna drop out of high school you're gonna drop out of high school i'm not paying for you to move to uh los angeles yeah. even i would have said at least finish high school yeah. first gotta get a high school diploma at the very least yeah and he he just moved there he didn't have anything set up but he he it sounds like he had he had an some agent. meetings yeah, yeah. And, he, and he had auditions and he was getting roles like he got he got I, some offers yeah, yeah i got hit i looked at his imdb like he got a trapper john md because i mm. recognized that he got uh a fa- family which was the name of a an hour-long show mm-hmm. back in 1980 mm-hmm. and he got some parts but it was rough he was you know he lived in what he called this horrible like little tiny apartment in beverly hills um he you know he was he wasn't even he said i wasn't running out of money i was out of money i had no money i wasn't even eating Mm -hmm. i was running from the landlord i you know just down to the last last you know nothingness just i didn't yeah i was was out yeah he was ready to probably pack up and go home and then he said i was living beat by beat yeah And then, yeah, his last shot was um, auditioning for this new show, Family Ties. And, you know, if you if you didn't grow up in the 80s, Family Ties was like the show. Yes. It was, I mean, like as big as like Friends or in the 90s. I mean, it was extremely, extremely popular show, went on for long it was, time. It was part of the Thursday night lineup. Mm-hmm. So it was Cosby Show, Family Ties for a long, long time. So it was Cosby Show, Family Ties cheers and night court that was sort of the Mm -hmm. 80s lineup and it was it was the you know it was the show and he was he was the star he was the star and that was the um and that was the big the big thing was that um he Meredith Baxter Burney was the well-known person. And mm-hmm. I think this show was designed to be her show. Yeah, she was the mom. She was the mom and it was centered centered for her. And he became the breakout yeah. star. He and Justine Bateman, they became the big breakout stars, but especially him. And it was yeah. huge. And, and apparently huge. the, I guess the casting people wanted him, but the producer, uh, Gary David Goldberg, 
didn't want him. Yeah, which I... Brandon Tartikoff, the president of NBC, (laughs) didn't want him. And they somehow convinced them to let him, like, do a test episode. And he was just... He just won them over. He was brilliant. I mean, he, he... I, I think I understand this right. He said that he ad-libbed that thing where he called himself P. Alec P. Keaton. Alex, yeah, P. And Keaton, Alex yeah. P. Keaton answers the phone. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was he was like his character was kind of obnoxious, but he was so like lovable and what you couldn't help but like him because yeah. he's he plays this guy, Alex P. Keaton, who's in high school and he's like a you know a conservative uh-huh. guy and he's into conservative politics and his family's a bunch of you know liberals and you know he he's always like you know they're yeah. always in conflict about that and he's very like um full of himself but you can't not like him yeah because he's you know he's self-deprecating he's uh funny you know um well and the show too i mean it hit upon something that was happening right because these were this was 1982 reagan had gotten mm-hmm. elected a couple years before mm-hmm. and there was this swing from the 60s and 70s and these were these aging hippie baby boomer parents mm-hmm. and they now produced these more the idea <laughs> these was these more kids. conservative yeah. kids even though alex was really the most conservative um and then they produced this like nixon loving ronald reagan loving <laughs> republican mm-hmm. child and yeah and that was he was the big star and it was you know it was all part of that it was crazy yeah america fell in love yeah with them. they fell in love and then so christmas i guess it's originally um so i guess gary david goldberg calls him into his office and says well you know originally i wasn't even going to tell you about this but you know it's christmas break and steven spielberg you know wanted you to do this movie but we didn't think you would be able to do it because of scheduling but now originally eric stoltz was going to be in it but he's not right and i thought it was crispin glover no crispin glover is in the movie oh but eric stoltz was originally going to play marty mcfly Oh, that's the guy from mask yes yeah and but he's not right and they're coming back to you and we can make this work. They want you to play the lead in this movie called Back to the Future, mm-hmm. which at the time, you know, was kind of like this. No one knew much about it. So he talks about how they, you know, he would do all day long. You know, he would do family, family ties, ties, get up, yeah. do family ties. When family ties wrapped, he would drive out to some location in the middle of nowhere and do um Back to the future, and then he would, <laughs> then he would sleep for like three hours, three hours, and yeah. then get up the next day and do family ties all day, and he did that over and over again for three months, and had really no idea how the show, how any of this was going to be. Yeah, and little did he know that Back to the Future became this huge, huge, you know. Yeah, he became he became a movie star. Yes, he was a movie star. It was Back to the Future came out, and it was this huge. I mean, it was critically acclaimed. Mm -hmm. People loved it. It was um, made tons of money, and it was like 
1985, Michael J. Fox was, he was on TV, he was winning Emmys, Mm -hmm. he was everywhere. He was a huge movie star. He had made that Teen Wolf movie before Back to the Future, Mm -hmm. but then Teen Wolf comes out, and that's huge. Like, Mm -hmm. this guy could not, he could touch anything. It was huge. He was just ginormous. It was unreal. And then at what point, I, I don't know the timing in here, so eventually on Family Ties, his his wife, who became his wife, Tracy Pollan, um, came on the show. She had a part as I guess at this point, Alex is in college. Yes. And he meets her. But of course, I guess he's still living at home. Yes, he's always living. <laughs> he's at always home. living yeah. at home. But because you see him with her, her in her dorm room and she hates him at first. But, you know, then they fall in love and then they fall in love in real life. So was that before or after Back to the Future? After. After. OK. Because I think they get married in 1988, 89. I didn't write down the year that they get married. But so he so Back to the Future is in 1985. And he's huge. He's Mm -hmm. this big celebrity. And then um, he, I think that the, then I think she's on the show in 86, 87. And then she's only on the show for about a year or so. And then they date, they start dating then. And then they get married, I think, a year later after that. So. And she gets, she gets pregnant right away. Mm -hmm. And then he. Uh, he he says that she, you know, basically he turned her into a, uh, or she she was basically like a single mother, and he was out, yeah. you know, being a movie star because he was traveling all over, making all these movies like all over the world. Yeah, I mean, he he did. Family Ties ran for you know, Family Ties ran for a while, but I mean, it ran for six. I mean, I'm sorry, it ran for seven eight years. I mean, it definitely ran its course and it ended because mm-hmm. it ended when Alex P. Keaton graduates from college so Mm -hmm. we go through like three years of high school i think it's seven years and four years of college with him and um and then after that and also through this was also what happened was that after he had all the success with back to the future he's on top of the world and he does what a lot of actors do which is he tries to kind of be serious he tried to do bright lights big city Mm. which is you know where he has this cocaine problem i think tracy pollins in that I think she's in that movie with him. Um, you know, he does this rock and roll movie. He did with that Joan thing with Sean Penn. Yeah, he like did the Sean Penn war movie. He does a bunch of movies that don't do very well for mm-hmm. a long time. And while on the show, but yeah, he, he spends a long time doing movies after movie after movie. And then he kind of goes back to the, his old ways of doing movies like for, for love or money and he kind of like flails for a long time, but yeah, he, she really, she's endured a lot. You know, she really has. Yeah, she's he, been very supportive. To yeah, because he was, he was even working. before, even before the, the diagnosis. Parkinson's. Yes. Yeah. So it must have been. So he was diagnosed at twenty nine. So I can't remember at what point so in she, this movie making he he like what he was doing professionally. Well, professionally, the story has always been that he started to notice the tremors when he was on the movie Doc Hollywood. Okay, because um, he started to notice. That's when he started noticing the tremors, and that was in 1980. Okay, 1980. Sorry, 1990. 90. 1990. Okay. Yes. So, and and throughout this, as we're learning about his life and he, we're going through it, this was the part that was, you know, really 
I thought just interesting. And I think maybe why he also wanted to show us what was going on is, you know, we see him, he's got a physical trainer, looks mm-hmm. like that he's working with. So he's got this physical trainer who helps him, who walks with him, who's basically helps him walk. Mm-hmm. And we see him walking, which is, he, he is very honest about it. He's like, people are shocked to see me walk because it's almost like watching a toddler walk. Yeah. And you're like, you know? what you're waiting for them to fall. And because he does. You, know, you know, they're going to fall. Yeah. yeah. And, and he does. And he falls at one point in the middle. One woman says, hi, Mr. Fox. And he falls like yeah. it distracts him enough like a toddler. Yeah falls and you know I, he's like oh you knocked me off my feet you know yeah and then like he um he he fell into the headboard of his bed and yes. broke broke like all these bones in his face and his cheek and they had to put pins he's always falling breaking things yes it's a it's a real problem well and it's what's the other part of it is you think okay when he first said they said what happened to you because they're putting makeup on it and you think oh, he fell and he bruised his face, but it's not that simple. It's like, oh, I fell, I bruised my face and I had I had to have surgery, I had pins. I mean, mm-hmm. it's never it's never just I fell down and I have a boo-boo like a toddler. It's, it's always surgery. There's surgery, yeah. there's pins. I mean, how many surgeries? And I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And I had no idea this is what he's enduring. Yeah, he's really not looking good right now but yeah yeah. and then he after the diagnosis you know obviously he's has a lot of fear he's trying to disassociate and so he starts drinking mm-hmm. heavily and i think maybe even doing some coke i can't remember but um you know he was he was doing all that he was doing all these bad movies yeah, he, he wanted <laughs> and, to fake his way through it yeah, yeah and tracy says at one point she's just like um is this what you want mm-hmm. you know this is is this what you want with your with your life and so he stopped drinking um yeah and they had so the first baby came like right after they got married then in 1996 they had twins and um then I think shortly after that, that's when he did Spin City. Yeah, because like I think that it was well. It sounds like he said he was traveling so much, and I think the oldest son was kind of like, "Where are you, Dad?" Yeah. And then he had twins, and I'm sure Tracy was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Because obviously they could afford nannies and all of that, but I right. think she was like, and also Tracy, you know, really gave up her career. She did, yeah. you know, to to be a to be a present mother. Yeah, she gave up her career, so. That's when he said, okay, I'll do Spin City and I'll be home. Yeah. And then he talked about, I thought this was interesting, all the things that he did to disguise yes. the tremors. And so he said he masked it by always putting something in the tremoring hand. And so like he'd, he'd have a pen in the hand. So mm-hmm. it just looked like he was shaking the pen. Like um, he'd have the phone or a paper or just anything yeah. to, it was very clever yeah, yeah. it was clever, clever. Uh, yeah they or, show clips yeah. of all this how but at the time you know you never would have it just seems like an it. acting choice yeah and he yeah. also said that his body ached from trying to mask the tremors because mm. he was trying to like control like his muscles and try to kind of you know keep it all together yeah. and then so then that causes every other muscle to to tense mm-hmm. up and build up and i think you know at a certain point, he was just always in excruciating pain. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that he does say because the filmmaker asks him, like, are you in pain? And he says, yeah, I'm in excruciating pain all the time. All the time. Yeah. And he said, well, why didn't you tell me? And he said, well, you didn't ask. 
And I think that's the other part too, which is, and why maybe why he doesn't talk about it all the time or why he's not doing, you know, why he isn't telling us these stories all the time is it's like, and just as he doesn't want the person on the street who maybe made him fall <laughs> to feel bad is mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be seen as a victim. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be, you know, pitied or looked at and why he kept it in so long and didn't tell anybody what, what was going on was that he doesn't want to be, you know, he doesn't want to be looked at that way. Yeah, because, you know, it, it he didn't announce it to the public until seven years after his diagnosis. And then, of course, they show, you know, he's on the cover of People magazine. And it mm-hmm. says Michael J. Fox fighting for his life. And, you know, he's doing this Barbara Walters interview. And you know how Barbara Walters can yeah. just be triggering. Um, and, you know, it's just it was uncomfortable for him. Yeah, he did not. That's not what he wanted to be known for. And he didn't want to be talking about it all the time. It's hard enough just to have to go through it as, yes. a, as a person, live life. And yeah, all of a sudden, because he's so famous and everyone loves him, they think that, you know, they have the right to know all this information. And Yes, but I think he also felt like, I can't keep hiding this. I think yeah, it was, harder. It was, it was like, okay, let me, let me do that. And um, and then we also learn around in the in the the documentary that he's fallen down again and this one was like oh well i broke my hand and then they had to put pins in it and then the pins got infected so at first they thought let's take the finger off and then i broke my hand my Mm. arm and you just hear these stories it's like every time well i wonder if part of the parkinson's like weakens your bones and Mm -hmm. that's what i'm thinking because it seems like every time he falls it's a disaster it's a disaster it's almost like an 80 year old falling right right you know it's it's everything is so weak all the time yeah i know that's why you know this ultimately this documentary was really sad mm-hmm. um and i then don't think w- he would say that about himself right? no no but it's sad because everybody loves him and cares about him so much mm-hmm. and and yeah he I, he didn't do this to make people feel sorry for him i think he just did it to just kind of Tell his story while he uh-huh. still can. And like I said, bring awareness to Parkinson's and maybe help his foundation. Um, I thought his his relationship with his kids is super yeah. sweet. Yeah. You know, they're making fun of his texts <laughs> <laughs> and how corny they were. Yeah. And, um, he's like, well, I wanted to say so much more but you know like, yeah. <laughs> like tracy is texting for mm-hmm. him and uh he's wants to say all this stuff and she's like maybe just say looking forward to seeing you this weekend yeah <laughs> just editing it yeah but, well he and he obviously has a really great relationship with his wife he obviously has put her through the ringer mm-hmm. and really loves her and appreciates her and you know, you don't see marriages like this and Ho- you don't see marriages like this, period. Yeah. And you don't see marriages like this in Hollywood. And we've you've never heard a bad thing about either of them no, ever. No. And you've never heard anything about them. And um, and it's really, really nice to see. I think a lot of the family stuff together is, I think, the best part of it. And it's nice to see his kids and 
And just, it's just nice to see them all grown up and how much the girls look like her and the mm. boy looks like him mm-hmm. and those glasses that the boy was wearing. And, and, um, that part about it, you know, was really, really nice. And, um, and for someone who I think, um, did, you know, and we can get into this because this is what he says at the end. He, you know, there's parts of it that seemed very much at peace mm-hmm. in some parts. Yeah. So. Yeah. What did he say at the end? He has like I a wrote quote down what he said end. at the end because I want to talk about this because okay. this is what I felt like was this to me felt like the whole purpose of it. Yeah. Because I wrote down the last couple lines. So this is what he says at the very end because at the very end he talks about. You know, he when he goes public with the disease, he has this fear of being rejected, but it really, you know, it forced him and, and also allowed him to be an actor and act and have Parkinson's, you know, play roles where he could be out as and having Parkinson's or other diseases. And he testifies in front of Cong- Congress and the Fox Foundation. And he talks about how the thing that I learned, the thing that I learned was that I couldn't be still in my life. I couldn't be present in my life until I found this thing that happened to me that made me present in every moment of my life because it was making, because it was shaking me awake. Mm. And that's the thing is that, you know, the two, the two major things that clients come to me about are anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And depression is about the past, Mm -hmm. the woulda, coulda, shoulda of, I should have done this. I should have done that. I wish I had told this person I should have, should have pursued this career or that career, or I shouldn't have done this, or anxiety, which is the, I fear this, I fear that, or I want this, I want that, or what if this happens or that? And, you know, what's so hard about that and what the key is, everyone wants to know what's the secret, the key is, is learning how to be in the present, Mm -hmm. because it's the only thing you have complete control over. And what is true happiness, what is true contentment is, being in the present. Mm -hmm. And I think he just really beautifully said, and that's what he's talking about, which is that it is about learning how to be, you know, what does that mean to be still? Mm -hmm. And how do you be still in the present and enjoy? And as our mother used to say, be here now. (laughs) (laughs) But how do you, you know, how do you do that? And this sort of interesting idea of <clears throat> having this disease, having this thing that doesn't allow it force, you. It forces you to live yeah, in the present. Like mm-hmm. You can never, ever be still. And it's just interesting how he talked about having all of the success in the world, like everything, because he really was. You've got to understand, if you were alive in 1985, he was. He was on the cover of every single magazine. Mm-hmm. He was He was everywhere. He was, there was nobody bigger than this person. And then just five years later to be given this diagnosis mm-hmm. of you have this degenerative disease and it's slowly gonna do this thing to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think it, we asked these large questions of like, why does this happen to people? Why, why is one person given so much, you know, everything, the world, and then, and then we're slowly going to we're slowly going to take mm-hmm. it from you in this way. We're going to give you this beautiful woman in this, this family, but we're slowly going to like take it from you. And I just thought it was very interesting. And, and I think that in the end, when, 
really tough things happen to you, it's it's all about how you decide to deal with them. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you got is how you choose to handle it. And that's yeah. what we saw is how yeah. we chose to handle it. Yeah, no, it's true. And yeah, there's no playbook on how to handle it. You just have to figure it out. And, um, you know, obviously he's very lucky to have a supportive family. And but, resources. I mean, that's yeah, the other part. It's very nice to have a yeah. full-time PT right, person and the right. money and resources to healthcare and right. all of that, for sure. Yeah. I think that's one thing. No, absolutely. I didn't re- realize he raised as much money as he did. $2 billion. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What he's done. Yeah. Because, yeah, Parkinson's, you know, I hear more and more, you know, people being diagnosed with Parkinson's. I mean, it's it's a horrible disease. Yeah. Well, that and MS, I mean, all of these degenerative diseases. And I feel like... And we're not getting any closer to, you know, finding any way to deal with any of this. No. Not well. Maybe there is. I don't know. Um, I, I... I remember hearing about there, I think with Parkinson's and stuff, I think there is some, I don't know if not experimental, I don't know if experiment, experimental is the right word, but again, it's like, you know, it's most people don't have that kind of access to that kind of healthcare to be Mm -hmm. doing, you know, experimental treatments or whatever. But anyway, we love Michael J. Fox and, uh, Wish him the best. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good documentary. It is. Yeah. It is very, it is. If you, it's if well you, made. It's, it is very well made. It is very inspiring and I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. You listen, it's nice to see nice people. Yeah. <laughs> being, you know, inspiring, doing nice things. Yeah. For a change. We like nice people. Yes. <laughs> Especially when it reminds me of my childhood. And, you know, simpler times, the 80s. (laughs) Were those simpler times? Um, No. I don't know. Yes and no. (laughs) I don't know. What was that? Chernobyl? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The The Reagan years. years, They were rough. Yeah. Um, Maybe it wasn't simpler times. I think it was simpler because I didn't I didn't have any responsibilities. You you were a kid. Yeah. You know, I didn't have any responsibilities or anything. No bills to pay. Yeah. All that good stuff. All right. Well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, So don't forget, we are here every Tuesday and Thursday. So Thursday, we're doing documentaries. But next week, we are going to be starting our Just and Just Like That coverage. So excited. So excited. So so on Tuesdays, we do uh, a Sister Wives Rewind. We are finishing up. Next week, we'll be finishing up uh, season three. We are going to be introducing Solomon Brown to the world. (laughs) Um, Yeah, jump into that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you can always go back and download the old episodes if you are um, a big Sister Wives fan. And then um, we're going to be doing a a recap, uh, just talking about our thoughts on And Just Like That season one. And then we will be talking about and just like that season two um the week after that so then it'll is, be ongoing like yes ongoing. we're gonna do an episode every week, every week? for every ep- yeah a week for each each we are okay. i think so i mean I, I think there's enough if there's enough content i think we could talk about it for a good okay 40 plus minutes, minutes. Or, okay 
We'll see how so it we'll goes. see if, if it's if it's enough that we can fill up. But if not, we could we do could do like a couple a f- episodes. Ha- yeah. we'll see how each it goes. Week. Yeah, but we're excited to talk about that. Yeah, and it's I have some, a lot to say. Something fun, light yeah. and funny, light, fun, fashions. Yeah, for the summer. Um, and then okay, so if you like this podcast and you're enjoying it, please subscribe. Um, tell a friend, share this podcast with a friend, tell two friends. And if you enjoy it, please give us a five-star review and say a few kind words and follow us on social media. We are at psych legal pop on Instagram and TikTok. And I think that's it. That's all our plugs. That's it. Yep. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. 